Welcome to Run With Purpose. This is episode number 93. And for those of you that are new to the show, my name is Flores, and I'm so very glad that you found this podcast. Would love if you would subscribe. And as always, you can reach out to me on all the socials at flores.run. We have a great show today. I'm super excited for the guests we have on the show today. Uh, As you guys know, I do my my best stalking online in the non-creepiest way possible. Um, but today's guest kind of came to, to my attention from a previous guest. If you remember my talk with Kiki, uh, I meant to write down the episode number and I didn't. It was a really fun episode. She's a really, really cool person. You should just follow her on socials anyways, even if you didn't listen to the episode. Um, but she had posted some motivational uh, type things uh, from our guest today. And I told Kiki, I was like, this sounds like it could be a podcast guest. And she was like, yes, totally. Reach out to her. She would be amazing. So that's what I did. A few DMs later, here we are scheduled. But Aaron, thanks for being on the show today. Absolutely. I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be a really good conversation. Not to like overhype you and now you're like, well, crap, now I have to deliver. Set the expectation low. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll work it out. We'll work it out. Um, But let's, before we get into anything, let's plug socials, plug how people can connect with you and then kind of just go into your story. Cool. Uh, So my name is Erin McDevitt. You can find me on Instagram at Erin Naturally. So E-R-I-N and then the word naturally. Um, That's pretty much the, the main social media that I'm present on. Um, I'm a personal trainer, so that's, uh, the main majority of the work that I do. I also work at a martial arts gym. Um, and I also am a stunt woman. So, uh, basically pursuing a career in the film and TV industry as a double. I've had a few jobs so far in my couple years as pursuing this. Um, but you know, hopefully trying to build a full-time career doing this. So I am... I like to call myself an athlete. I am a judo player. I lift weights. I teach other people how to lift weights, not just that, but um, lots of things. Um, I My background was in dance and that's kind of how I transitioned into just this deeper world of movement and wanting to teach and connect with people. And then also that's really what pushed me into uh, wanting to be in, in the stunt world as well. I love... First of all, that's super cool. When I saw the stunt stuff on your on your profile, I was just like, that is dope. I'm like, I'll probably have some questions about that just in general because it's just an interesting – I've never talked to someone or met someone that's actually done it. I'm like fascinated with it. With, um, yeah. Oh, what's the uh, – there's a YouTube channel now that does like – Is uh, it Stuff and Reacts? Yes, that one. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Yeah, because I see it and you're just like, you're like, okay, whatever. And then you see like the behind the scenes. I feel like, no shit, no, they actually did that that way. And you're like, that is so awesome. It's kind of insane. Yeah. And I mean, every every different movie and TV show is like totally different on the way that they choose to set things up and what they choose to CGI and what they choose to actually, you know, mm-hmm. fully do it <laughs> with. And and sometimes it's the actor and sometimes it's it's the stunt double. It's really up to the person's level of comfort and kind of like where it lays. Yeah. That's super cool. And I'm sure I'll, I'll geek out about it, uh, after, but you, you ended with this like really interesting idea of like different forms of movement and -hmm. this idea of, like you said, starting with dance and now kind of turning that into something. Maybe, Maybe just give a little bit of how that movement kind of just guide you into like your everyday because obviously like you said it it's transferred from one area to the other but I'm guessing that it's kind of flowing through like literally every area of your life absolutely yeah um 
I think like if you met any of my friends or um, family members, colleagues, they would be like, Aaron never stops moving, <laughs> literally and figuratively. Um, but yeah, I mean, I am a huge proponent of cross training, which I'm sure you also do as a runner. Um, and dance was my initial first love. Um, I grew up playing soccer when I was really young. So it was kind of like an athlete first mm -hmm. and then made my way into dance. And being a dancer, I think, is being an athlete, but it's also being an artist. So it's looked at and viewed a lot differently than most athletic things and sports and weightlifting and things that are more masculine, I suppose you could say. Um, dance is like a more fluid art. It does require a ton of strength and a ton of cardio, um, but it kind of, it, it, it's really its own thing. So I've been a dancer for 17 years and I only recently in the last couple of years as, um, as I've been trying to pursue this career in stunts ha has it kind of taken the back seat. But uh, after I graduated high school, I was teaching dance and choreographing and directing for about six years. And um, that love of teaching people and kind of seeing light bulbs go off in their heads and being, to being able to connect with people and being able to see when people reach that brain to body connection um, was got, what got me interested in personal training. But um, I guess to more <laughs> full circle, long-winded answer your question. Yeah, um, I when I was maybe like 18 or 19, took a couple of jujitsu classes for about a year um, and then didn't ever really return to that. So, you know, throughout my whole young life and young adult life, I had always been a dancer and I started kind of cross training weightlifting in the gym when I was maybe 17 and kind of realized there is so much more to movement than just this movement that I've been used to my whole life. And being able to kind of test the limits of my body has been able to do these things and I've learned how to do these things in this specific art form for 17 years, what else can I do? Yeah. So I started kind of like with my dance style, trying to pursue the next level of what that superhuman being looked like. And so I started putting like tricking and lift type choreography and stunts type choreography in my shows. Um, and basically just trying to kind of push those limits of like, what are the combinations of strength um, flexibility, fluidity, artistry, um, and all of these things that can come together to create something that's new. So basically started cross-training in a lot of different things. And, and you start to realize as you enter different forms of either martial arts or different sports or different ways of exercising, running, yoga, weightlifting, all these things, um, they kind of come and cross paths with each other in a way. So I've noticed that now being a judo player, a lot of the moves that we do and like the rolls and the break falls and things like that could really easily be turned into choreography. Mm -hmm. And then I think in the same way with dance, you know, with stunts, it's, it's all stunt choreography. So that kind of translates in the way where I have the choreography brain, I can understand the counts, but now I have to be like a dirty fighter instead of like a poised ballerina. <laughs> so they start to cross over and all these paths kind of get intermingled. And it's honestly very surprising the ways that I found all of these different forms of movement have connected. Um, I feel like I 
feel like I answered the question. <laughs> you did, and you actually gave me a ton of thoughts. We got a, a lot of notes here that this idea of when you were talking about dance, not necessarily some people not considered necessarily athletic because again, right. you, you, a lot of times with the athletic, uh, the athletic term, we think of very masculine kind of things like football players yeah. are athletic, basketball players are athletic, but the same idea of, because I always make the joke and I'm probably going to piss some people off, but it's like, I say cheerleaders aren't athletes, but they take athletic ability kind of thing. Like I can't do that hands down. There's no way you can do it, but you use this idea of, mixing kind of the athlete, the, the, the training aspect of you have to be strong in certain physicalities to actually do this kind of stuff as well as like the art. And I think that, like you said, it plays out into this kind of stunt career as well, because it is choreographed movements. There's a reason why, there's a reason why you're doing it, not the actors doing it because you're, you're going to be taking that calculated risk. It's still calculated though, right? It's not just like going off of a whim, um, to do things, but you you have that that mix with the movement. So it's it's that intentional type movement, right? We're being intentional with every move that we're doing, knowing though that we have to kind of have like a base to get there. And I think it's it's super interesting hearing you say like it started as dance and you didn't think about how it could relate. But to like as you just said, it's it's technically relates to everything you're doing now. Yeah. And I think like, as you say that, that brings up even more things. The artistry pours into um, stunts choreography even more so than I thought it would. So going back to that, the artistry blending with the physicality in dance, when you perform in front of an audience, there has to be an emotional connection and a personal intention behind your movement. Because unless you're connected to the story and the movement that you're Um, performing to an audience, they won't be connected to it. And so in the same way, when you get to stunts and you think it's just fighting, you think it's just these beats, unless you're connected to it and you Mm. have that intention, you have that story and that artistry, you have to connect to the actor, the person whose role you're in, whether, you know, they're a vigilante and the reason that they're being chased with this money is because they needed to actually support their family. What does that feel like to be that person who would do anything and be that desperate to provide for the people they love. And you take that and you put that into your choreography and your movement. And that's where the good performance comes out. Right. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of, there's a lot of pieces to it. I think that's super important to, to know, even if we take it from a, not, not a job related aspect, cause obviously it's a job and a task oriented. But if we, if we take those steps with intentionality, but we're not doing it wholeheartedly or actually a part of it, it's very apparent. It, there's very much a disconnect because you see it, you know, in, in movies, not even from a stunt aspect, but actors and actresses where it's just like all of a sudden you can tell that like they didn't really want to be there. Like you don't, you, you, didn't, you didn't really want this role. You didn't want to do this. You're really not in that yeah. piece. And it definitely comes across. Definitely. And I think like turning it back to the actor, turning it back to the other perspective, like you feel that too. It feels better for you when you have intention. When you don't, it's just work. Kind of like what you said, and then it doesn't feel as good. Yeah, and there's always like that that, um, quote you hear, like if if you find, if you do what you love, you'll never work another day in your life, whatever, which is like mostly mostly bullshit because you end up working harder. (laughs) But it's, it's, yeah, it's you, 
you bring up a good point though, is, is kind of how we define that work. Are we just going through the motions? I always say like, are we just letting life happen to us? Are we kind of taking life by the horns and saying, no, I'm going to ride this the way I want to and pushing forward in that aspect. You have this like connection piece of it is like the biggest piece because you, you can have fluid movement, but if it's not connected in a way, things can fall apart very quickly in life or in actual dance or judo, for instance, literally anything you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Like one, one missed piece because if you're not in, you're not focused and you're not in the moment, you can kind of miss the big picture. And I think that's what we, a lot of people kind of fall to that is because they're like, I'm doing the things, right? I'm going through yeah. the motions. I'm, I'm, I'm doing, I'm taking all the courses. I'm trying to make myself better, better. But when they're doing it, they're not necessarily even doing it for the right reasons. They may not be doing it for themselves. And when you kind yeah. of, when you get stuck in that, then you're not connected to it and you're never going to succeed in whatever it is. Yeah. And I think that goes like actually right back into where we started this whole podcast was with the priorities. Mm. Um, we do all these things and we make this list of the things that we have to do throughout our day because it's a level of urgency. Like I need to send that email or I need to pay that bill or whatever it might be. They seem important and they are, but like what behind those things in your, in your day that you're filling from sun up to sundown um, are are you connected to and are helping yeah. you become a better person or like connected to the rest of the people in your life that you impact on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah. We had wrote that down because we'd start before we started recording, Aaron and I were talking about this idea of priorities and this, I, this difference between like priorities versus urgency, right. And how we can, we can get twisted even as a culture of just like our to-do list never ends period. It's just never going to end. But the problem is, is are you okay with that? Or do you stress about every single thing that you didn't get done? And this idea of, um, I love when you said like ordering your prior ordering your to-do list by priority, not necessarily just like the list of things like, is this actually important? Well, then I should get it done. If not, we can kind of drop it down. Definitely. And I think like, we live in a culture of urgency, especially in the States. Um, you know, some, some other countries, they, from the beginning have, have found it important to connect with each other and, and place, uh, experience on a, on a grander scale than, um, checking off the to-do list and making the most money. Um, but I think, you know, thankfully there's been a huge change since we've experienced the pandemic and lockdown that, a lot of people are starting to say, you know what? No, I don't have to work 60 hours a week and absolutely hate my job and come home with so much life sucked and drained out of me that I don't have anything left for my partner or my spouses, like, or my children, sorry. Um, and I, it, you know, we're saying no to that now. We're like, I actually, I'm going to do that thing that I want to do because like you said, it, if you love what you do, you'll never work another day in your life. Um, placing more importance on working a job that, you know, maybe will pay less, but you get to spend more time doing the things you love and spending more time with the people that you love. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing that happened with the the pandemic and everything is people, we were going so fast, like you said, especially in in the States, it's ridiculous when you really think about it. If you've, anyone listening, if you haven't been out of the country, find a way to do it because the the 
style of life so many other places. It's just so different. And you're just like, well, I don't understand how you can do this. And you're like, well, they've been doing it for a long time and they know what they're doing and they seem happier. That's weird. They're happier. They have less obesity. They have less all these other health problems. Like, hmm, maybe there's something to this. But we have, we when all of this happened, we were all forced to slow down. And really when you slow down and your life becomes like the only time you're talking to people is on screens or you're you're not really going out and doing anything because everything is closed. How do you how do you react in those moments? And some people unfortunately kind of succumb to, you know, depression and anxiety and these kinds of things that that happen when you realize like, oh wait, I've been I've been looking at everyone else for my my joy and my happiness and my peace. And once we take this slowdown, we find out what's important and really kind of reassessing, okay, do I need this in my life? Like, is this really adding joy to my life? Because if it's not, why am I letting it kind of control me? And I think a lot of people have seen that. They talk about now like the like the great resignation of like everyone leaving jobs. But it's like, yeah, it's because they're tired of shit. Like yeah. if you, if there's, there's plenty of jobs now. Like if you don't treat me well, I'm going to find yeah. someone that does. And it's not, and a lot of employers thought the easiest way was to throw money at it. Maybe 20 years ago, that's the way to do it. But now this generation, it's like, no, I don't want more money. More money is not going to do anything for me. Definitely. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird, it's a weird concept. It's, you know, more money, more problems. That was my generation, but this generation seemed to f- actually figure it out and, and understand yeah. that that's not the case. Because I remember when I went to school, um, I graduated uh, college in 2008. I'm basically ancient. And <laughs> uh, half of my team is in their early 20s. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm a grandfather right now. This is ridiculous. But I graduated with a finance degree in 2008 when, in the recession. So they were like, hey, your best bet is to continue going to school. And you're like, that seems, I'm a finance major. I understand getting more in debt doesn't seem to solve the problem. And now we've kind of like flipped the switch where we don't ask for that anymore. They aren't looking for, these entry-level positions don't exist as they did. Because I remember when I got out of school, it was like, hey, you need five years experience to do this position. You're like, well, no one will give me experience. Like, well, now you have to take this like entry-level BS job to get there. Where now we're giving younger people opportunities because we see the value in life experience, not book learning. Like, unless you're like a professional, um, a professional is like a lawyer, doctor, something you need extra schooling for, extra education, understandably so. But most jobs, you don't need that kind of education. I literally- Good. Sorry. I would totally agree with that because, um, I mean, I had a pretty untraditional path upon graduating high school. I thought that I was going to dance professionally in LA. I moved to LA at 18 and I didn't know anything about anything, (laughs) like (laughs) how the world worked and how like scared and alone and just like new to a big city that I would be. And, um, I ended up leaving and we lived in Seattle at the time. So we moved back to Seattle and, um, I was just living and working and teaching dance and I wasn't going to school. And I, people who meet me assume that I'm a lot older than I am because they say I've lived so many lives because I've had such a large transition um, compared to most people who graduate high school, go straight to college. Um, I went back to school about a year ago and ended up only staying for a year and dropping out because I realized I didn't want to go to school in the first place. Um, I don't know why I'm trying to do it now. 
um, a thing where I'm trying to please my parents, make more money or whatever it was, but it never aligned with who I am. But I would say that those four years before, you know, post-graduating high school that I was able to go and travel and see the world, experience things, work a job, um, get into hard situations and have to find my way out of them without my hand being held. Mm -hmm. Um, that has served me so well in my life now. And, and it allows me to have greater perspective and see things from all angles. Um, whereas I think like, you know, for a while I was, I felt like an underdog for not being who went straight to school after graduating high school. It was something I was embarrassed about and culture has changed so much now to where I meet new people my age and they're like, oh no, that's really cool. I really respect that. And for a while I, I was like shocked by that reaction. <laughs> I was like, wait, really? Like you're impressed by me? Because I just thought it was like the most amazing thing to have a college education. Um, and it just, it just wasn't my path. And I think like people are coming, people are coming around much more to that, that doesn't, the traditional doesn't have to be the traditional anymore. Yeah. Unfortunately, because of the way things are in the States, people, people I think are more often doing it because of a cost aspect rather than a life aspect. But to your point, it's, you get to this mindset it's that hindsight, right? Your position now, you wouldn't trade it because now you've learned those experiences. You've gone through those situations. I wrote down you, this, this, this idea of alignment, like aligning with your morals, goals, and values, being able to go after it. Like, why are you going to school just to please someone else? You know, that, that goes with literally anything. Why are you taking this job to please someone else? Why are you working out to please someone else? Why are you doing this thing for someone else? When we realize we, we need to kind of live, you don't want to be selfish. It's not necessarily a thing, but you also have to think about yourself. I always use that analogy that like the, the flight attendants use, like you have to put your mask on first. If you don't, yeah. if you don't help yourself first, you're not going to be able to help others. And once yeah. you go through those experiences, you know, now you have stories. Now you have things to share with people. Like you can provide that knowledge, people that have been in that situation, you can provide guidance to help someone not maybe make the same mistakes that you had made, you know, they're going to make their own mistakes, but maybe you can help someone not make that same one. Absolutely. And I think like, you know, when you say help yourself before you can help other people, that's the same analogy everyone makes when, when they say you have to love yourself before you can love someone else. And it's true because the thing is like, there are a lot of positive people who are like, wow, life is amazing. Like it's so great to be here. But the truth is life is hard to endure yeah. and it's harder for some people than others. And everyone has to figure out how to endure it. So either you pick a career and you prioritize the things that can make you happy so that you're, you can be a better person for the people who exist around you to have a better existence being around you or you know, you, you don't help yourself and it becomes an issue of you're unhappy. And consequently the people whose lives you impact are also unhappy. Yeah. And that's a, that's a good point that kind of segues into something that I wanted to chat about that came from one of the stories that you had shared is this idea of kind of the positivity that's around you. I think <laughs> it can kind of go two ways, obviously surrounding yourself with positivity it helps you kind of be positive, but at the same point in time, you can't let that be the only thing that makes you positive, right? You need to be that person for someone else. And I think if we all kind of took that 
that approach instead of saying like, how can you serve me? It's how can I serve you? And if everyone had the I serve you mentality, well, then everyone is serving everyone else and we fix the problem. I don't, is anybody listening? <laughs> anyway, I know NSA, you're listening. So tell the government we need to do this kind of stuff. But it's like, if we cared about people, it's weird how that whole circle just continues. I just had so many thoughts come up with that. Um, hopefully you can keep them all straight. Um, well, the first one that kind of comes up is, you know, we won't get into politics, but everything is very divided in our country oh, right yeah. now. And I think no matter what side you're on, both parties are deciding to do the things that they truly in their conscious believe are right for our society, are going to do the most good. So if both people realize that this person, although I don't maybe agree with their point of view are trying to do what they think is the most good and operating from that point of kindness and mutual respect and that like we both want to see good things happen for our country and our society although we don't share the same points of view we can have a constructive conversation um not let's, not, not to interrupt the rest of your thoughts because because <laughs> i think that's i love that i've never i guess i've never thought about it in that way is I feel like I'm just not a focus. There we go. Back to focus. Um, I start moving my hands too much. Camera gets crazy. Um, this idea of, yes, there's different, different opinions. And right now, unfortunately, it's like they're far different. Like we used to be like just slightly different. Now it's just like we're way off in one direction. But to your point is if we realize that people that think differently than us, they're not intentionally trying to hurt us. Or they're not intentionally trying to break down our what we think is right or what we hold valuable. That's what they hold valuable. That's what right. they believe is right. And if we take it with that understanding, I just I love that idea because it's it's taking the the victim card out of it. We're no yeah. longer able saying like I'm the victim in this situation because they disagree with me. It's like no 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 they right. don't disagree. Like yes they disagree with you, but they're not attacking you like as a human being. It all comes down to like the way that you perceive the world. And we know that everyone is so different in terms of like physical anatomy, internal biology, chemistry, and, and then just the way that they perceive the way that the world is fabricated in front of them. So everyone has a different set of morals and what they think is, is good for the world and for society. And so I think when you can look at it that way, it's seeing another human as another human who feels things and is scared, um, but still wants to like have a voice, it, it breaks it down into it being polarized and you're just seeing the other person as another person. Yeah. Absolutely love that. I literally circled my note on that because that's that a, a <laughs> great, great thought. It kind I'm of- I'm trying to remember your, your thought that you said because I had so many sorry. things that I to say about it. Do you remember like kind of what you said before we segued into yeah, that? Yeah, we were talking uh, about the idea of surrounding yourself with positive people, but kind of you not just like soaking it all in, but also being that positive person. Right. Okay. So I was going to say, I think um, in that same way uh, of thinking about perceptions, everyone is raised in a different environment and they have different experiences in their um social interactions when when they grow up you know 
which help them shape the world. And, you know, for some people it can become traumatic or it can cause trust issues, or they can be like the most outgoing, bubbly, vivacious person because everyone has received them well throughout their whole life. So I think, um, it's a little different, like really where that perspective now comes from, from different people. But I think like when I was growing up, I didn't make friends easily. I was very quiet. Um, I felt like an outcast in my school growing up and in dance, I was like not one of the cool girls. And so I always felt like really left out. And as I started to become an adult, I realized, you know, like I get to choose my friends. I don't have to be in this situation where I don't really understand these people and they don't really understand me, but I can hang out with good people if I want to. And I think that's like one of the really awesome joys about being independent and being an adult where you're not forced into a situation where the other six-year-old soccer girls don't like you. Um, You can choose to surround yourself with the people who align with your morals and goals and values. Um, But I saw a quote on something that came up that was saying like, if your friend is not the person who's like over the moon and completely overjoyed for you and your biggest hype man for like achieving this thing that you've been working on, like you need to reassess your circle. And I was like, that's literally so amazing because I can say that all of my friends are that person for me. Mm. And like you said earlier, I am that person for them. And life is just so much more fulfilling when you can have like it, I mean, I'm sure you've experienced this before when you feel so much joy for like the person who's like achieved the thing that like everyone has been rooting for them to like do this thing for so long. And also to just like make another person feel cared for, whether it was like you just being there for them when they had a bad day or like sending them a text saying like, I was thinking about you, like you're crushing it or like whatever it is just having a solid group of people where like everyone is rooting for each other, I think is super important because you don't have to stay friends with people who are always complaining about something or like aren't digging themselves out of this place that they despise, but you know, talk and talk and talk, but don't, don't change anything. And, you know, people who are, I think I said negative, but just kind of like consistently trying to bring you down or, or just not on the level of where you're like, life moves forward. Um, yeah. So I think it's just really important and, and really awesome that we get to choose that circle of people. Yeah. We always talk about like, we do it on run sometimes. Uh, if someone, we call them a vampire because they suck the life out of you during runs. Cause you're like, you know, you're on a 20 mile run and the last thing you need is the person next to you. Like just talking negativity, talking negativity, because obviously yeah. then it starts bringing you down just inherently, even if you're trying to like build them up, you, you know, you try to be empathetic, you try to do these things. And again, we all have shitty days. We're all going to be that person that's going to complain at some point in time. But I think it's the, so you made a good point of like understanding that life continues moving so we can learn from that, but we keep on going. We keep kind of powering through with it. There was a, a guy uh, I saw, I think it was on a reel that had made mention of like, yeah, sometimes I get pissed off and sometimes I want to complain about things. And when those things happen, he was, I give myself He's like, I literally set a timer for like a minute. And all I do is bitch and complain about whatever it is. Just complain, complain, complain. But he goes, when that minute's over, I put it behind me because there's nothing I can do about it. It's already happened. Things have happened with it. And 
when we have that that understanding of leaving learning from the past and being able to continue to move forward that then allows us to to kind of move and grow and then to your point too of this idea of picking our circle of friends i think we can sometimes it's it's good to have a mixture of people that you can that you can also push that mm-hmm. you can kind of help grow as well rather than always having we don't want everyone to can't be chipper because then it's like mean girls and you're like come on now you're, you're not that happy yeah but we have Absolutely. yeah we have this idea when we bring this thing but assessing that circle i think is the the main takeaway right is i can surround my people I can surround my life with people that give life, that bring life and and have uplifting spirits that are working towards something, that are striving for goals. I know I have I had a ton of running friends that I used to hang out with all the time. We used to run all the time. Like that's what we did. Like we never hung out any other time, but we always ran. But then it got to a point where certain people you're like, this person sucks to run with. Like I don't want to run with this person anymore. And it's like nothing against you as a, a person but it's just not what I need. And you see that not even from a complaining aspect. We see it a lot just with, uh, I don't know who listens to this podcast and who's going to see read between the lines, but we see different kinds of like mini groups of runners where there are group would basically be talking shit about the other group because we're just different kinds of people, but it's understanding like, yeah, but if I put myself in that situation, if I sat with their group, I'm not going to be happy. And what's going to end up happening is it's going to bring me down and I'm just not going to be positive. One more reel and then I'll shut up. There was a yeah. a video of a guy talking. I don't know if it was a real story. It was just one of those like cheesy motivational reels things. I get way too many of those now. I need to stop looking at them because TikTok and that just knows what I look at. Creepy algorithms. But this, this idea of... Um, there was a guy that was cleaning like a, a refrigerating car. And the, the door locked and he couldn't get out. And he just kept thinking, he's like, I'm so cold. I'm getting so cold. He's, and he, he's getting colder. He's getting colder. He's like, you know, mumble, mumbling his breath, like, I'm not going to make it out of here. This is going to have all this negativity, all this negativity. He's like, it keeps getting colder. It keeps getting colder and ends up dying in this thing. And they said when the people um, found him eventually, they, they basically said the car was only 53 degrees. The car was just cool. It wasn't frozen, but because of his negativity, literally brought his body to a point where his body gave up because he was speaking this negativity. And yes, it's probably an exaggerated illustration, but how often when you speak negativity into a situation, you're kind of projecting that. Like that's what's going to happen. When you project happiness and light, you're going to also get that. So it's the same kind of idea of surrounding us with that same light. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good analogy. Um, I was kind of going to say about, you know, you're saying you can't have a a perfect chipper friend group. That's true. I think mostly I feel like what's important is a lot of people feel stuck and Mm. like they're tied to their friends who suck the life out of them because they've either been friends for a long time or they feel some kind of obligation to make them feel better. And it can be a really, really hard thing to um, pull yourself from feeling that sense of responsibility for that person. Um, but that's why I guess I was being so adamant about you get to choose your friends is you can, you can leave those kinds of people and it doesn't mean that it's easy to, but you can choose your group of friends. Um, okay. This is another one where I'm trying to keep all the, the (laughs) okay. So (laughs) you talked about your running group, 
Um, all right, give me a refresher on what you said. Um, shit, I don't remember. Uh, we talked about running groups, have different groups. Um, and then I kind of went into those two real ideas of yes. having, uh, being able to kind of like just vent on your negativity. Okay. I think I have two more thoughts. Um, <laughs> although I sound like the most like positive person on this podcast, it's not, I haven't always been that way. I am, uh, you know, to the people who know me somewhat of an existentialist and I get often into the mindset of like, like movies like Interstellar completely just mess me up because I'm like, we don't actually mean anything. We're just little specks of dust on this earth. So why does it matter what we even do? Why are we here? And so I'll get extremely existential. And I'm like, listen, unless you bring your very wide scope of view that you have right now to the narrow of all the people who are around you right now in your immediate life, are the things that matter and the things that you're doing to impact other people's lives. That's what matters. You can't think about all that other stuff. Um, so I think I started when, when that negativity or existentialism used to get the best of me, um, I would cling to other people like that. Mm. And that would just bring me down even more. It's, you're not gonna, you're not gonna fix two rights for the wrong. I don't know. You got what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Um, you know, like the negative and the negative are just going to create more negative. Um, so yeah, I I started like, I mean, really it started with, with dating my boyfriend that I have right now. I just, it was, it was a different person for me to kind of like pursue. I always pursued people who were more like me and he is the most positive like incredible, happy-go-lucky, um, real person that I've ever met. And like being surrounded by him, I was like, this is what I've always needed. Why did I not chase like to surround myself with people like this in, in the past? Um, and so now I'm just like, wow, like I need to choose better people to be around. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think just, just recognizing that you have the power to do that is, is really important. And then the last thing that you were talking about with the mindset, it's absolutely true because um, I feel the same way with working out. Like you can sit there and give yourself enough excuses until you quit or tell yourself that it's so hard until you give up. Or you can be like, this is 30 seconds out of my entire day for me to finish these last two reps. And I'm sweating and I'm breathing hard, but like, I'm not going to (laughs) die. But did you die though? Yeah. Like... (laughs) you know, you're going to make it through. And people always say like, it's mind over matter. Like sometimes it really, really is. And if you can tell yourself, I mean, going back to that same exact analogy, sometimes I'm like shivering in the shower and I'm like, this water is not cold. I am not cold. Um, but you know, it's, it's the same with, with whether it's completing two more reps of your exercise or it's convincing yourself that you're warmer when it's really cold outside or, you know, if it's on an even bigger scale where every day you hate your life and, and everything is awful and nothing is ever going to get better, the more days and the more hours and the more moments that you tell yourself that, it's not going to get better because that's what you believe. And so the moment that you start to believe it's going to get better and you know that it's just a matter of time, Sorry, it's not... Did you say that again? Siri. Sorry. I couldn't hear what... <laughs> once in a conversation every single time <laughs> anyway 
But yeah, when think- you know that it's a matter of when, not if, it will happen. Yeah. And it's the idea of pushing forward every day. Because a lot of times when you have that, that negative thought, what ends up happening is you quit. And you don't give it enough time. I always say there's a lot of people quit before they even gave something a chance. Like realizing like, oh, this is hard. And you're like, yeah, it's hard. But like the person you're striving to be, whatever, whatever it is, let's use dance, for example, the person you're striving to be, you've been dancing for 20 years. Well, then, yeah, like it's going to take you a little bit of time to get there. I'm, I'm trying to teach my nephew uh, how to play guitar. And it's even more difficult because I'm in Minnesota and he's in Arizona. Um, so it's like trying to teach like over over um, FaceTime and stuff like that. So I'll send him like little things. We First thing I sent him was like happy birthday, real simple. And then like he was like getting his guitar ready or tuning it or something. And I'm just like going off. I'm just playing, playing, playing. He's like, I want to learn how to play that. I'm like, I've been playing guitar for 28 yeah. years. Like step by step. Right, it's going to take a little while to to get to this point. But it's that it's I keep putting in because I know what it feels like to kind of get to that point. When I first started running, I had that initially. I was just like I think my first first 3 miles I ever tried ever really tried running. I remember running in high school, but this was after the way after that. I was like I moved to Ohio, needed something to do outside because it was just cold and I needed to get out of the house. So I was like, "Hey, I'll start running." My first three miles I ever ran was like a 12-minute mile average. And I was just like, this is awesome. Until I saw other people, I go, oh, wait, that's not fast at all. Like, that's super slow. Like, that's ridiculously slow. No offense to anyone that runs 12-minute miles. It was slow for what I was trying to get to. And I was like, okay, let's figure out how we're going to do this. And then literally from a year of me starting running, I ended up running my first marathon. I ran every distance up up into a marathon. And... The idea was, is like, no, I keep putting in the work. This sucks, but I kept getting faster. I get faster. And then it got to a point where I got injured and you're like, okay, wait a second. Let's now let's see this. Like, there's a reason why I wasn't born in East Africa. I'm not meant to run four minute miles. That's just, that's just how it is. So it's understanding, not necessarily limitations in that regard, but understanding that we have to put into, put in the work to kind of get there. These things don't just happen overnight. But a lot of times we we quit too early. We put the limitations on ourselves and saying, nope, you know what? I can't do it. Or someone else, our negative, our negative friends that are around us, say that we're not going to be able to do it. Or why would you do that? That's crazy. All of my friends I have now, which it, there's not a lot of them because of this, like because of the years. And we recently moved from Ohio to Minnesota. So just inherently in that, people you just don't talk to anymore because you're just not in proximity with them. But my running buddies, I still talk to them and we're still coming up with stupid ass ideas of like runs we can do or races we could do and figuring out ways to make it happen. The The episode that released last week, um, we had this conversation. She's running a hundred mile race and and she was like, hey, I need a pacer for it. I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll help out with that. And it's just like, yeah, it's because we think of these ideas and we're like, let's surround ourselves with this extra positivity. Don't know where I was going with that last piece of it. But this idea of making sure that we're not only speaking, not only living it, but actually speaking it. There, There is some power in actually saying the words in doing the work. Cause you can think about going out and stuff like this, but it's like, Hey, that last mile, you're like literally audibly saying, let's run, let's run a little faster. Let's push a little harder. I just ran literally before we started recording, I ran uh, just a couple miles and it's negative 10 with the wind chill out here. So it's like, that takes a little bit to like, it takes a little bit of mental capacity to be like, Hey, you are mental. Why are you running right now? Just get on the treadmill. Um, 
but it's it's audibly saying like hyping myself up, laughing about it, having a good time, knowing that as people drive by, they're like, who is this moron running right now? Yeah. But we have, we need to kind of push that out into the world because I, I, I truly believe when you kind of speak it to be, that's yeah. when things actually happen. Absolutely. That's what, I mean, everyone talks about the manifestation, like whether or not you're saying like this thing is going to happen and then it happens, like obviously that's not how it goes. It's that you're giving energy to the mm. thing that you want. So people call it, you know, you can give it any kind of name that you want, but I believe that it's like you said, speaking it into existence, but you're constantly giving it the energy, giving it the thought, giving it the work that this thing eventually is going to happen. Um, have you ever heard of the analogy of like pushing the boulder up the hill? I have not. Okay. So this is my favorite analogy. I think it goes back to, um, I think like some, some Greek mythology, some Greek God or something like that. So basically it's like a little cartoon of a man pushing a boulder up a huge hill. And so basically it's a good analogy for life. You have to keep pushing the boulder up the hill because as soon as you stop, the boulder crushes you. So that's like my favorite yeah. analogy. My dad thinks it's hilarious. <laughs> I say it, you know, like we're regrouping on, what's been happening in the world. And I'm like, yep, got to keep pushing the boulder up the hill. I mean, it's like, the funniest thing. And I'm like, no, no, like, I'm serious. Yeah. As soon as you stop, then it crushes you. And that's that. Um, had another thought on something you said. <laughs> this is how it's going to continue to go. It's okay. Uh, I love it though. It's a good conversation. Uh, I know there's like just been so many good things to like pay back off of. Um, I went all over the place. So I couldn't even tell you what I said. Yeah. Well, you were, you were talking about the, you know, there's a certain amount of work that needs to go into yeah. um, getting to where, where you want to be with your goals. And that was um, partially my point of the analogy. Um, but I was going to say something else about the work being done. Oh, it's about the journey, not the process oh, or the, the journey, not the process. But it's about the journey not the end goal, the destination. Um, so you were talking about with your, with your nephew with playing guitar. He, he's like, I see that. I want to do that. I want to be that. And we always have this image in our head of like the goal that we're trying to meet and whatever it is, it's a clear goal, but we're starting at square one. And we're like, I want to be at square 3000 and all of the time that's going to happen in between. It's like, when am I just going to be at that thing? Mm. And no matter how long that journey takes, if it takes a month, if it takes 10 years, um, once you meet that goal, it's like, well, then what? And so do you even remember the 10 years that you spent doing all of those things, doing all of that hard work, going through all of those ups and downs, all of those achievements to get to that goal? I think a lot of people, you know, like with being a personal trainer, they're like, I want to lose weight. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, that's great. And we, we can get you there, but like, I want you to enjoy this process. I want you yeah. to see every single week that you were able to lift 15 more pounds than you were last week or whatever the benchmark might be, but just enjoying the process and seeing all of the achievements, small or big that you are, you know, meeting along the way to get to that goal instead of the, the end goal, just being it, because then what's the next goal. And then when will you feel fulfilled? So recognizing however long it took you to get to that goal as like life is that journey. Life is that process. It's not just I 
graduated college, I got this job. You know, that's not the things you remember. You remember when you overcame that thing that was really freaking hard <laughs> and you got to that goal and all the things that you did in between to get to that goal. Yeah, I love every bit of that. It's like you've listened to every episode of my podcast because that's like I harp that like no other because a lot of people forget about the journey. They only focus on the things. I was just on a podcast recently and he had asked about like, he made a comment after we talked about it for a little bit. He's like, so you're probably not the kind of person that sets like long-term goals. And I'm like, not really because of this fact of like, I do these short-term things that kind of help me build to something. Yeah. But again, I don't think I ever want to reach the destination because Correct. I've been so, so inherently enjoying the, the journey of it all. I, we haven't talked about this at all, but I'm sure everyone listening has heard me say it way too many times, but I'm on a journey to run a marathon or longer in all 50 states. And, wow. and I call it a journey. I, I call it a kind of a, not a goal. I don't have necessarily, I mean, I guess I probably do say goal sometimes now that I say that, but it's this idea is it's the journey because people always ask me, well, what was your favorite one? And they're like, well, they all kind of have their own special place in, in thing. Right. And, and in this journey, it's more than even just the running. My wife and I have been able to see most of the country places that we would have never gone before. Scotts Bluff, Nebraska. I have literally no reason to go to Scotts Bluff, Nebraska. It is an amazing place. Anyone that has a chance to go to, to Western Nebraska, do it. It's awesome. It's but, but it's like, why would I ever have just thought about going there? And we've been able to travel. We've been able to drive. We've been able to see the country in a way that I probably wouldn't have if I didn't do this running journey. And yes, the run is fun. I enjoy running, obviously. I wouldn't do it this many times if I didn't. But it is about the journey. And so many times people get fixated on on the destination that it becomes a it becomes a slight obsession which which can be good in some cases some cases not so much but the problem you made you made the exact point is all right you get it now what you yeah. forget your why you you understand the thing that it is but you forgot the why you even did it in the first place why did you decide to go on this journey because if you if you lose sight of your why and only focus on the piece i talk about it with um I talked with someone about like the Boston Marathon, for instance. It's like qualifying for the race. Great. That was your thing because you want to do the race and you do the race and you cross the finish line. And that's why so many marathoners or, or long distance runners literally for like the week, two weeks after a race are like a mild depression because yeah. they're like, I just spent 20 weeks yeah. training for this thing and it's done. That's it. I literally, in, in you know, if it's a marathon, you know, three to five hours, it's done. And now mm -hmm. what? Everything I've done for the last six months has been in this piece. But again, it's that concept of understanding the bigger picture. It's like, well, why did I do this? Was it to, to start me to, to become a runner, whatever that means? Uh, was it to, be a, to live a healthier life? Or was it to kind of prove to myself I can do hard things? And you're like, okay, that's just one of the hard things then. Okay, what's the next hard thing? Where we, we can get so wrapped up into this one goal. It's like, okay. Now what? And the amount of people that have run one marathon and only one marathon, not because of, I would say most of it is not because of, hey, that sucked. I never want to do it again. It's because they've wrapped all of their eggs in that basket and didn't put a bigger why behind the, the, what they were doing. Yeah. And I think kind of going off that too, um, with, with putting all of your eggs in one basket, I think it's really important kind of going back to what we talked about toward the beginning of like having all of these different things that I do with cross training and enjoying different forms of movement and artistry. It's 
super important to find other things that fulfill you in different areas of your life. And, you know, the things that fulfill me is like physical movement, but I'm trying to find other hobbies that I like that aren't just, you know, me pushing so hard until I get injured (laughs) because that's not sustainable. Um, but it just makes me think like me and my partner, Colin often talk about, um, cause he's an actor. So we're both like film sets and it's the same with runners when, when you get off of working on a film set, because, um, I think a lot of people don't, don't always know how hard it is to work in the film industry. It's very, very long hours and, um, you know, actors and, and stunts people, whoever's on set notoriously have kind of the same thing, like a post-work depression. And so it's like, unless you have other things that fulfill you outside of that and make you feel like you have another benchmark or a thing to achieve or something to just enjoy until you get your next job. Um, there is a bit of depression that comes with that. And so we often talk about, you know, not getting so wrapped up in that to where we come back and we don't have, we don't feel okay. (laughs) We feel empty. So yeah, I think it, I think, you know, just going off what you said, it's, super important to find other things that make you fulfilled and whether that's your relationships or you're trying a new hobby or, um, the friendships, like we were saying, who you surround yourself with and finding new different benchmarks to meet and things to try is also very important. Yeah. I love how you brought it full circle too, cause we're, we're coming <laughs> close to time here that like this idea of, of movement is great. And, and having that fluidity and being able to move with purpose, but also understanding that you can move different ways. You don't have to use that movement in the only single way that it is and using that to, to allow yourself to kind of be multidimensional, right? Because yeah. you said you made a comment of like injury and that's exactly what happened to me the last year. Um, I guess it's been the year before with all the races getting canceled in 2020 like I had all these races, I had all these goals, I was pushing hard. I was like, this is great. You know, I was running the best I could and ended up hurting myself because mm-hmm. races kept getting canceled. And so I was like, okay, I'll do this next one. And I kept training too hard and then ended up hurting myself. And I'm still not a hundred percent. But I had to quickly realize, like, wait a second, it's not about the running. And I have to make sure that, like, yes, I classify everything obviously that I do has the word run in it. But if we frame it that way, if that's the only thing I am. When that gets taken away, you can easily feel the, well, who am I? What value do I have in this? And I think that's, I've seen a big shift just even in the people that I've had on the show being able to talk to is it's turned more from that physical activity into more of this like intentional motivation movement kind of conversation of just do something. Whatever that thing is, it doesn't have to be physical. For for instance, it, it can it can be cr- pursuing uh, acting or something of that nature. Of that is physical. I probably shouldn't have said that was a poor example. But this idea of like whatever it is, pursue it in and keep moving to kind of keep yourself growing. Yeah, and I mean, on that, I came across a really good point recently. It was um, kind of this common theme that was going around on TikTok that was saying like contrary to what a lot of people say or what they make you feel or what they make you believe, um, you don't actually have to be good at your hobbies. You mm. can just do things you like them. And I think oftentimes, especially being a physical person, I'm like, oh, I want to try this new thing, but like, you know, I'm trying this new thing as an adult. Why am I not perfect at it? <laughs> and so like Colin and I got into starting playing basketball, but like just for fun, like just for fun to spend time with each other because it was a good form of exercise to get ourselves moving. 
um, to get some sunshine. And I think like that's been something that's ringing really true to me lately is to try things and to do things as hobbies just because they just because they're good for you and because you like to do them, not because you have to become a pro basketball player, the next pro female basketball player who started when she was 25 across the world, you know? If that happens, though, you need to come back on the show because we can have that conversation. <laughs> you like, remember when you said that thing? <laughs> I just play the clip again be like, listen here. You yeah. heard it here first. No. <laughs> Uh, but Aaron, thanks so much. We there's we could talk for another hour. I know it. That just means we get to talk again in the future. So thanks again yeah. for being on the show. It's been a, a great conversation. Agreed. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So we'll have all of Aaron's stuff in the show notes. Uh, like I said, she's we're gonna have her back on because we just have to. There's there's so many things to talk about. We have I have so many notes and we need to talk about all of the things. So uh, everyone else, you can reach out to me everywhere. Socials Flores Run. You know the deal. Subscribe, leave a review for the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Uh, visit the website www.flores.run uh, hangry we'll have some new hangry merch here soon we are hangry.com go check it out but thank you so much for joining me today remember to keep running with purpose one step at a time see you next week bye